everybody. We are the Real Effing Nerds. And once again, we are bringing you the Real Effing Nerdcast. Uh, we are back to talk about the latest episode of HBO's hit series, Euphoria. Joining me as usual are the Real Effing Nerds. Uh, we have Nicole. Hey. Rena. Hello. Jamie. Hello. And our special guests tonight are going to be Ryan. Hello. And Danielle. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. This is uh, this is going to be a really good episode to talk about, and it's a nice pickup, you know, continuation from the gut-wrenching episode we had last week. Um, this episode is titled A Thousand Little Trees of Blood, and in this episode, we get to follow relationships with mothers as they're tested. Um, Rue is, is struggling with her recovery and, and, and the withdrawal from her drug abuse. Uh, meanwhile, Lexi questions the possible backlash from her play. Uh, Nate celebrates his newfound freedom and Cassie, 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 Cassie. <sighs> so who wants to start off tonight? Start with oh. Ryan. No, Ryan. start with Danielle. Danielle, Danielle, what do you got? Book of notes. Danielle, how? Um, I do have did, like a book of notes. <laughs> did you like this episode? Like, how did you like how it started? You know, picking up on Rue's uh, the, the withdrawal and, and and her trying to to deal with her sobriety. Yeah, that opening scene really got me. Um, I I wrote down that it was so raw and real and even like the snot coming out oh, of her nose, yeah. it was like really real. Um, the yawning that was brought up in, in a previous episode, um, she just is clearly a mess. And then trying to fumble with that candy and she just can't get it. That's so hard. And then to her mom, who also is seeing this happen and she's heartbroken too, watching this. And she offers her help but Rue doesn't really want that help. Like she has to do it on her own, but she just can't. And it's, it's so hard to watch that. Yeah. That, uh, that opening was, was a lot. That, that, was. that was mm-hmm. gut-wrenching. Like she's yeah. just like something as simple as opening up the Jolly Rancher. Like yeah. she like, is. Kicking yeah. is hard. Yeah. Kicking is, yeah. is, is yeah. Kicking hard. Kicking is so hard. I mean. Because it kind of shows like uh it shows how like weak she is from everything, but you can feel her aggravation. You can see her determination to try and get it. And it's just like, I wrote down, like you could brutally feel how hard her mom feels about everything and like how like gut-wrenched she is like watching but her also, baby do this. But also fucking annoyed and understandably so. Like I, you know, uh, coming out of addiction and then caring for addicts like it's fucking like you you love but it's also fucking like hard dude and exhausting it's exhausting yeah and you see Um, that that struggle with Gia too you know like you mm -hmm. see Gia struggling with that like the resentment she has for her sister but also like the unrelenting love that she has for her sister too and that yeah really nice to see Ali uh, have that moment where he, you know, throughout. We'll get to it. 
All right, so we're acknowledged it. Nicole's our navigator through this. So Nicole, we're going to shift to now. So we're still dealing with. We're still on. Okay. Yeah, we're still on that. We're still kicking, dude. We're still. It was hard to watch. I mean, I was wanting to see Ruby sick because I I don't want to see her getting high anymore. But then it was really really hard to watch her be sick and like, you know, we talked about it last week. Um, but it did make me feel bad about my own mother all over again. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I didn't shower for long periods of time because it hurt too much. Yeah. And just like watching that, it was, I don't know, man. It was like a visceral experience for me like last week. Cause I just remember yeah. like being so dope sick that I begged my own mother to cop for me. Uh, Cause I didn't even know what I was saying anymore. So, so that might've been too much information. I'm sorry, guys. No, it was oh, not too much information. When I was kicking, uh, when she was like smacking her legs. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Like uh, the, the restless leg syndrome, like literally wanting to like unzip your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me, you really, she really got across that every movement yeah. is fucking agony. And yep. was that what the job, the struggle with the Jolly Rancher was? Cause I know last week you guys were talking about how like your, your, the functioning of like how you try to work things in your body functioning, like doesn't really, it's not responding. Right. So I, when I was watching that, I was remembering what you guys were saying about her struggle with, you know, her fingers moving and the connections in her brain. And yeah. Things like that. yeah. But I also, I also think that the Jolly Rancher was uh, symbolic. I think so too. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be hard to miss that, but yeah. the actual physicality of that moment oh, yeah. is what I was focused on. I mean, like yeah. you literally can't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that you do, you want to do, and then you don't want to do. It's like, you want the covers on, you want them off, you want them on, you want them off. It's just like uh, this constant, it's like you want to jump out of a window. And once That's again, how- Zendaya just brought all of that. Yeah. performance like you could and and your nose is dripping down to your knees mm-hmm. you're you're dripping you're disgusting you're pissing out of your ass constantly um you know uh, it was it was hard it was portrayed very very yeah. well it's phenomenal Act very it's authentic like another like incredible perform- performance from zendaya and i and then she made a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. And she reached out. We're to not Holly. there yet. Not there yet. We're not there yet. I'm we have to go. The, we have the to. We have to go over what she said. And even if I got clean today, no one for, would forget the trauma trauma of me not being clean. Mm-hmm. And then her saying, um, you know, reducing someone's life to a moment, Thank to you. to an ugly moment you know mm-hmm. and um the the stigma around drug addiction is just that you know mm-hmm. it's it's making someone their addiction mm-hmm. who they are in active addiction and and from one addict to another that's what she did to to Ali when you know she was she was at her worst and you know you even hear him say like in the you know, in the recap, you're going to become someone you don't even recognize. And that's, that's true for, for addicts. Um, you know, doing shit that we never thought that we would do and becoming people we, 
She's like, I'm a liar. I'm a manipulator. I'm a thief. I'm violent. Like, yeah, I, I identify with all of that, you know, but that's not like who I am. I could be that in recovery, but I was especially mm -hmm. that in, in active addiction. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's, I also wrote down, uh, it rains the entire episode. I wrote that down so too. So it's kind of like rain kind of symbolizes like sadness, but also like a cleansing. And yep. like washing away like her sins and... I think even for like the whole episode in general, yeah. like it's almost like a cleansing in some ways with other characters as the episode I, goes on. True. I also think that um, along those lines too, it gave a very enclosed feeling because everybody was indoors, everybody mm -hmm. was staying inside, they were very intimate. So it kind of lended a lot of those intimate moments that we saw because of the rain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was, it was very perfectly like planned. Like that was not an accident that it was raining yeah. this entire episode. And yeah, Ryan and I had, had been talking a little beforehand and I mentioned the um, cup of water that her mom is preparing for her while she's trying to open that candy and it overflows and they really like focus on that shot for a second. And I can't remember if it's raining out the window while she's doing that at the very beginning of the episode, but that like overflowing water made me think like maybe this is that moment like she's overflowed hopefully this is the end of it maybe it's the bottom like she's come to this moment where hopefully she's gonna get clean this time that was a great point too because that also that scene i remember i it showcased like how exhausted her mother is too because mm -hmm. her mother mm -hmm. is is completely focused on rue and in the amount of time that it takes to fill up the glass of the water she closed her eyes Mm -hmm. And then she's like, she's shocked when it starts overflowing. I'm like, this poor woman, everything that she's been through. And ah, that, that was just like the little nuance that was portrayed there was, was. And still yeah. be able to give yeah. that care and that yeah. love. Mm -hmm. That's unconditional. And also, um, I have to say, like, you know, I, you know, I've been going through, you know, some, some things with, with my own daughter and, and I can honestly say that I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> I'm like really fucking exhausted. Um, but it's just like unconditional love is really fucking exhausting. Um, I just, I really, I identified with, with the mom thing hardcore today, you know, when I watched the episode for the second time, the second time was really hard. I First agree. time I was like, this is a great lighthearted episode. And then I fucking <laughs> watched it again. And I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I think the I first time. Oh, God. Uh, I was going to say, I think the first time you watch, you just kind of see it like surface level, but I'm watching it yeah. again. You see yeah. more of the nuances that are added yeah. into it. Yeah, I agree. And especially because the tone is so different from last week's too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like la last week's is just like, it's like one thing after another. What will like, and then this one, we definitely spent more time with everybody else. So I think that helped. Yeah, I think it's definitely still intense. It was, there was stretched. Like there was this like tension throughout the entire thing. I, I know I'll just bring it up, but like, no, go, go. It's no fine. filter. Um, I said this in our group text. I was literally, my sphincter was light. 
like the entire episode, I thought that I was legit constipated by the end of this hour. It, there was so much tension, which I know there's so much more to talk about as far as that that like level of tension and how it just like built throughout the entire episode with one like really big moment, which I can't wait to talk about. But um, super, super like stretched and drawn out, and the tension was just like built so much. I think. Yeah. And it, but it was nice to have it sprinkled with Ali. You know, yeah. he was the hope in this episode. I think that he was a very strong representation of acknowledgement and, you know, forgiveness. And forgiveness. And yep. I burst into tears when he said, I forgive you. Oh, like, me too. Be good. I was just, because, oh my God, I have to talk about that because her relief was palpable and I just yeah. like burst into tears. Cause like, like Rue's like, how do you know I'm telling the truth? You know, like yeah. that was like, I mean, I mean, oh my God. Ali is amazing character. I love Coleman Domingo. I think that's his the actor's yeah. name. He's mm -hmm. fantastic on this show. And I'm love, I'm loving the more stuff that they're giving him with. Cause that, that phone call with Rue was just, uh, it's what she needed, you know? Yeah. Also kind of leading up to it when she's like, I need to apologize and things like that. You can hear the like, choral part from the opening song like very yeah, faintly, they did like a like, little like to homage go into it to yeah. like the labyrinth song the the all what is it uh yeah all for us uh, all for us like it was like yeah, a, yeah that was cool i picked that up too that was like a nice thing. i um that that part was very reminiscent of what i went through last year because i had to make my amends and i had like 60 amends to make and I wrote them all on index cards and it turns out like I thought it was going to be like a, a you know a long line of fuck you I never want to talk to you again but like literally everyone was just so willing to forgive me that like in that part where he's like Rue 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 I forgive yeah. you um that that made me so happy because most of the time like that's how it is you know with especially with other addicts it's just um but i had like very positive um experience experiences with with my amends so i i loved that part so much Thank and you. how he was like the hour is certain to come that which is a quote from the quran mm -hmm. um but it was it was just beautiful. Yeah, it was. Jamie, did you want to share uh, any of your thoughts on that too? Oh no, Nicole covered that. I, Sorry. I, 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 no, that's okay. No, I, I I felt I felt the same way though. It was just you could feel her relief in that moment so much. And then she opens the Jolly Rancher. Yeah. 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 It's exactly what she needed. Also, I just want to bring up. Um, she has on a Malcolm X shirt, and. Um, and I had read uh, somewhere that like it, it, it actually goes back to that special episode where she was eating pancakes with Ali oh. and they talk about Malcolm X. Oh, okay. And, um, and I remember he said like um, about how like sh her hope is in a revolution, like she has to yeah, yeah, go through that. that yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I Good. think that's supposed Aww. to be symbolic, you know, of her. Nice. Like, this is her first step. Apologize. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We like that, that. Awesome. Danielle. If you go out now, you'll be good. <laughs> so, you know, 
Ali reminds us that it's not just the addict who struggles, yeah. you know, um, but it's, it's the people around them. And like Rena said last week, you know, um, I don't have anything more to give is okay. You know, um, it's, it's valid to not be able to, to give anybody the benefit of the doubt anymore after they've, you know, they've let you down time and time and time again. Like it's, it's really hard to trust an addict after they've fucking like destroyed your house, destroyed your relationship. Like, it's just like really hard to, to come back from that. And I just loved how he validated Gia. Yeah. Yeah. He gave her permission. And I I think that was really important because she, she needed that kind of attention. Like you can imagine like how little attention she's gotten and it's understandable. Yeah. Um, But um, I, I also had read that uh, that Leslie is based on Sam Levinson's own mom, which I oh, didn't wow. know. Gotcha. And I thought was interesting because apparently she played like a very crucial role in his recovery as well. Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was really interesting. Awesome. Ollie did a great job of balancing that, like being supportive of, of Rue. Yeah. But then, like you mm-hmm. said, at the same time, validating uh, Gia's, you know, um, her anger. Her he anger. Like gave all yeah. three of, of, of those women what they needed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I kind of wrote that he's becoming almost somewhat like a father figure. Yeah. Um, kind of like stepping in and just being like, hey, this all kind of sucks, but you don't have to do this alone. And like yeah. your all your feelings are valid with what you're feeling. Yeah. Which I feel like people don't talk about enough with like knowing people with addiction or having them in your life. Like, yeah, it sucks what they're going through, but you can feel everything that you are feeling because it is valid. Yeah, it is. And he's also, I think, a representation of the the outcome. What can, yes. what can achieve? Mm-hmm. You know what, what I mean? We're, what we're living, breathing. What we stuff. need. Yes. What, yeah. we need, we'll, what we want to see happen for Rue. Yeah. Yes. And what Rue's mom needs to see has the potential. Yes. That's right. the potential for Rue. What Gia needs to see is the potential for Rue. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, I think the jury's still out, you know, on whether this is rock bottom. But, you know, he, Ollie represented that hope for the family. He's, he was very representative, I think, this entire episode in so many ways. No, definitely. Yeah. Also, going back a little bit. I just remembered um, before Rue calls and apologizes, she kind of talks about how she loves nurses because they care for you no matter what. And she says, my mom's like that. So it kind of just pings off of like her mom like has this unconditional love for Rue that like nothing will be able to shake, but she still feels the like stress and burden of everything that Rue has done. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gray hairs. Real quick. <laughs> All right. Can I just, I just want to go back to, real quick to the conversation um, with Ali and her on the phone and just also say when we were talking about forgiveness, how important it was, I think, for Rue to feel that she is forgivable. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think that was like her was like, do you like questioning? Like, how do you know that I mean it? And like all of that, maybe we mm-hmm. already touched on that a little bit, but I kind of wanted to like dig that home that I think that there is something, something there as far as like the feeling of worthiness, um, that is kind of prevalent, I think, um, with people who struggle with addiction, um, and to be able to see that with Rue, like kind of thinking like, oh my God, you actually forgive me. Like, am I that question of am I worthy of forgiveness 
which I think is just a constant question for everybody. And the answer to that is everyone is worthy of forgiveness. We all deserve mercy um, in these moments. So I don't want that to go unsaid. No, that was a great point. Also mm-hmm. because, like Ali is not someone who has to have unconditional love for Rue. Cause like her mom forgives her all the time. Her Gia forgives her all the time because they're her family. But the fact that Ali can forgive her and isn't someone who has to, or yeah. has to love right. her. Like, I think that that means more in a way to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And kind of going back to that whole like nursing bit too. Like, yeah. yeah. And the one addict to another bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. Forgiveness is ultimately an act of compassion. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, Chris, go ahead. Uh, so where tell, are we us at how you, tell us how you really like, feel about the fuck cat. cat? <laughs> like, why don't you just be straight up with bro? With, yeah, with but her. I actually wait. think it was In kind of like, honest. She wait, does wait, wait, have wait. a brain disorder. Yeah. She is kind of suffering in her brain over this. No, she actually, said I have a you termi- spin that. That's all she I'm said saying. I have a terminal brain disorder. Wait, she wasn't on. lying. Hold she on. wasn't lying. <laughs> what terminal means? Like, come on. Before I mean, she, that, I think she feels like she's broken. What, Ryan? What, yeah. what before what that, it shows Nate's house. No one cleaned up the freaking pee. That, exactly. <laughs> and Nate's mom is like drinking a lot. His brother, I can't remember his name, is like super Matt. uncomfortable with the yeah. whole situation. Yeah. And Nate is just chilling. Well, we can get to that whole exchange. We're going to get to that. Yeah, we're definitely going to get to that. Yeah. Um, like this whole episode was just back and forth between things, which I think also this, this why, like your first time watching it, you're like, it's a lot to take in at once. I, I definitely the, this was the mom episode. I just have yeah. to say too, um, Lexi and Fez watching Stand by Me is my happy place. <laughs> like I wrote, I wrote that down when I went as soon as that scene popped up. I'm like, oh my god, this is fantastic. See, I found I that really, de- so I found that really depressing because it made me feel like. Um, like oh, something yeah. is coming. And oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. The foreshadowing that was just like rampant through that scene like, was stand, like, w- like in Stand by Me. Yeah, yeah, it was visceral. But Wait, so still. we're done talking about the cat scene. No, we're not. Because <laughs> 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 I really back. didn't like that scene. Oh. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, hate, I also hated it, uh, Jamie. Tell that's why, why I was trying to move past it because it was just no, uh, no, man. Jamie. Tell us why, why. I thought it was out of character. I, I just didn't yeah. think was, I just didn't think it was a great scene. And and honestly, like it I don't I mean we can cut this out if if we, if we want to. Um, but it right. made me wonder about no, I mean what I'm about to say because it, it made me wonder, um, you know, there's all those those rumors of like squabbles going on behind the scenes, and it just I've been like not lending any credence to them because they're unsubstantiated, but it just made me wonder a little bit. Cause I was like, she hasn't had much to do this season. And then now she does this like wildly out of character thing, not breaking up with him. That's like, I think that that totally made mm-hmm. sense. No. Yeah. Bring yeah. up was fine. The whole way that she handled it. Like, yeah. and it just, it just like, didn't seem yeah. like something Pat yeah. would do. No, Jamie, thank you for, I for lost saying that much better than I character. Did. Yeah. And like, you knew she wanted to break up with him. We already got to that point, but just the way, like, even he was there being like, you want to break up with me? Like trying to like help her just be like, yes. He's doing all the hard work for her. Yeah. 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 He's gaslighting him and deflecting away from it. That's not what I want to say. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you just said it. Like, 
And she deflects, she gaslights I mean, I've come him. up with very wild excuses to I break mean, up with him. Yeah, I'm not like... a terminal illness with someone who I'm yeah. going to still see because we go to school together. <laughs> like, it's not like Cass just going to stop going to school. I mean, she totally... I mean, I just feel like she's smarter than that. I just feel like she, she would have come up with something better like the truth would have yeah. been better and, and I know it's I know it's hard to stare this like super nice guy in the face and be like I'm just not that into you like I know that that's really difficult I just mm-hmm. I I didn't that that was the one scene in the episode where I was like I I think that could have it, it, fe- it feels like it's undoing all all the time that we spent with Kat up to now yeah, you know totally. like and, and again especially because Ethan's like doing all the heavy lifting for her like, it's not like he's like sitting there being like crying. you like, why do you want to break up with me? Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like he's handling it like pretty reasonably. Yeah. But she could yeah. just pull that bandaid off and then they could have just both gone their separate ways. And now it's just awkward. Not. I mean, she, she regretted it after it happened. Yeah, you could tell she regretted the whole yeah. thing, especially with when he walked off. But Ethan was like the first person to like her for who she was and like just see her as like, a yeah. person even like her friends in the first season especially like she was almost like a side character yeah. like mm-hmm. she got her own story but like her friends they cared about her but not like I feel like they didn't deeply care about her and even like she pushes Ethan away at first because of it and this season she has like been very much relegated to just being like a side character like she hasn't mm-hmm. had that much to do this season at all especially considering all all the work that they did on her last season. I mean, but yeah. we have to be we have to be very fair. Lexi was in Kat's position in the first season. That's a good point. That's okay. True. Kat had the entire first season. She was yeah. very a much a huge part of season one. That's true. We and now and now Lexi's a huge yeah. part yeah. of season yeah. two. They're 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 expanding on Lexi's character. It feels like they're regressing Kat's character. They're just putting her in the background because it's not her fucking. I'm story fine right with now. them putting her in the background, but like I don't know. It just like Jamie was saying, it just it felt uh it it didn't mesh with yeah the growth that we've gone on with her. Yeah, you know, it like doesn't it, yeah, Kat's situation this season to me does not feel very flushed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what we got in the first season with her, there was like real depth and grit there, and there was really something building. I personally other than the scene that we saw a couple episodes ago with her and like the social media metaphor. And that was great. That was a fantastic scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, and nobody, I mean, that really couldn't have fit. I don't think with any of the other characters, but, and so I was so grateful to see Kat, you know, have that moment. But as far as what was building in the first season and what we're seeing from Kat now, I kind of agree, you know, in this like, you know, general feeling of that, those those things are not getting flushed out for cat we're not getting enough of um you know the what i don't know you guys I'm losing listen i need to no. you know me i hold on to hope and i just yeah. don't want her to leave the fucking the show and i'm just like really hoping that like all of this talk is completely unfounded internet bullshit you know so i'm i'm always like on you know my cup is half full type of vision that i have so (laughs) well all is not lost we're not you know there's still what there's i mean there's still two more episodes left and 
there's still yeah. yeah and there's something to be said i mean listen there's a lot of characters in the show there's a lot of deep characters in the show there's a lot of characterization so it's just natural i think that there has to be a balance you know mm -hmm. you have to give a little bit and you got to take a little bit so you know this is, like this was an episode where like multiple different characters felt like they had huge moments of growth and to, for cat to feel like she kind of just got like sidelined it, it was but maybe this is like um you know the beginning of a narrative to growth you know we maybe we're gonna see her call ethan and come clean and be like i'm sorry dude just not that into you maybe you know yeah. i'm hoping um the thing that i love about you know this show is that sure they show us some shit in the trailer but they don't give it all away you know so yeah um so now we're we're on the couch and we're watching, we're talking about well, watching a movie. We're with Sexy. Before that, we're with Sexy. Um, before that, Sue is like, hide the knives. And oh when, my God. That when, Lexi, when Lexi goes outside, the like, it goes to like this old grainy film, like, and then she's like in the bushes, like all And you see Cassie her. like hiding in the, in the corner yeah. upstairs. But Lexi kind of like long, like, looks longingly into the camera and then it kind of like switches over to her being on the couch with Fez. I thought it was very like beautiful cinematography. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole principle versus facts uh, that Sue's, oh, yeah. you know, lays down on Cassie, like, <sighs> holy fucking shit. A mental um, gymnastics that Cassie was throwing. I'm yeah, like, dude. Like, can we just talk about um her mom's posture on the couch the whole time? <laughs> That's me. Like, oh my god. Legs wide open. Like, like we've and then for Cassie to just like ride the technicality of the shit. Like Bro, come uh -huh. on, Cassie. Like, well, that's the delusion, though. No, that's it totally is. Like, she's just living in this bubble of lies that she's trying to pass as reality. And well, she's like, just a great example of that. Guilt. Oh, go ahead, Rena. I was just to say, she. I think she's trying to manage her guilt. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. She's totally. Oh, yeah. 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 No, just that like life and death teenage melodrama hey, and Jamie, how much I had that in my notes. Versus, like how ridiculous it looks yeah. to everyone else. Yeah. I had that in my notes. I'm like Jamie said, it's everything in high school is life or death. You know? yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think Suze is like totally one of my favorite ancillary characters. Oh, yeah. Now. Like, great. Like, Absolutely. She was the okay. MVP of this episode. Yeah, she, yes. she really was. Yes. They work together. Like, <laughs> Oh, God. God. Susan's Fucking so good. Like, the point. I like, wouldn't have been able to like deal with all Cassie's hand wringing either. So I, I didn't, she was like, I just want to watch my show. <laughs> I want to watch my millionaire match. I know, whatever. She, I mean, when Cassie had that like that like screaming moment where she was like, I can't feel it. Yeah. I was like, how many times have oh. I like said that to my yeah. mother at 14 years old? Like, you don't have to say it. I can feel it. And then, like, yeah. Lexi just being like, you fell in love with someone who literally made fun of, fun you, of you for, yeah. like, ever. This um, is a little bit ahead, because this is the I, whole jumping back and forth thing. But yes, I have that written down, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So we're actually with with Marsha. Nate's mom, right? Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh wait, wow. before that, Cassie wait. is, like, blowing Nate's phone uh, like 36 like times, right? So in sad. the freaking tub. 
crying so with a face crying mask with on. The face mask mask. On, yeah. I hated Looking that. like the fucking Joker and shit. Like, <laughs> like, I, have... like I just need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've felt that, you know, I think we've all oh, 100%. Yeah. all felt that, you know, I felt so bad for her. Like, I understand, like, I did, she did something I yeah, shitty. I, my, 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 uh, my, my feeling bad for Cassie is starting. She's to, trying to rationalize because she's, she's crazy in love right now. Yeah. She's like fucking off her. That's locker, like, dude. that would be it's like obsession. her character flaw. She like needs she's, to be loved by someone. Yes. She relies on people to love yes. her. And she just needs to realize that she needs to love herself before she loves someone else, which I thought she was going to get there. And then everything happened with Nate. But also like, <laughs> yeah. she's still, you know, she's still like, um, you know, she still has abandonment issues. She's, you know? I was just going to yeah. say, she's also well, isolated of her herself. Because she's like, She's isolated herself. Look, look and, how he has isolated her. Look how willing yeah. she is to just like burn her entire world to the ground for this person that she thinks it's is obsession. Her love, you know. Yeah. yeah, I was telling Danielle because in the first season, because Lexi and Cassie are so different with how they like dealt with the trauma of their dad leaving. But Cassie, I mean, her Maddie's... dad literally told her like, "I'll be back," and then never came back again. So I feel like she does have those abandoned yeah. things and just like festered into these obsessions of people like father-like figures that oh, are her yeah. age, like loving her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's like willing we... to like disregard the fact of the horrible shit that her dad did, just like she's willing to ignore the horrible shit that Nate does. Yeah. Know, if it if it means yeah, that and and love. it, I mean, Rue even said uh in the first season how Cassie fell in love with any man who gave her attention. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're dealing with hardcore obsession, which, yeah. um, but God, Danielle, what do you got to say? Um, I, I wanted to bring up um, when Fez and Lexi um, are sitting on the couch and Lexi is talking about her play. And then I wrote down Fez's quote, I really like this. Um, he, he has this like wise moment where he says, everybody gets their feelings hurt. Some people need to get their feelings hurt sometimes. I also wrote that down. Mm-hmm. But then also I just realized with what we were just talking about that after that um, is when Lexi says to Cassie about yeah. you fell in love with someone who's been making fun of you for years. Like, and she even says at the end as she walks away, she goes, it's sad. And then Lexi has that mm-hmm. face of like, oh. And I thought that she was gonna get it finally. Like, aren't you a little embarrassed by that, right? Like, right. this guy's been making fun of you forever and now you're in love with him, but she doesn't. But I think that was Lexi kind of taking what Fez said and, and yeah. It yeah. No, she so- also, Lexi also says uh, when they're on the couch, it's the first time that she's doing anything for herself. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like she's kind of fallen into the same like rut that Gia kind of has not only for yeah. Rue and like constantly helping Rue out for like yes. just kind of ha- in the shadow onto that friendship yes but also with Cassie like she's in the shadow of Cassie I didn't realize I always thought Lexi was the older sibling until like 20 minutes or 20 minutes before we started this <laughs> <laughs> because she just seems so much more emotionally mature than Cassie does and like the older sibling and I feel like she had to step into that role because of everything 
like how deep Cassie got hurt from her father and everything and continues to get hurt from these guys that she falls in love for that's like unrequited mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh okay so are we gonna talk about Marsha talking about that was how... fascinating yeah. that, that was, that was, was a, a wild bizarre. conversation great that fucking scene really bizarre really like, bizarre yeah I, I, you know, I, I want to bring this up because we talked about it before we started recording, but I think it was really interesting. The, um, the monogrammed sheets that Nate had, like there was just this, this whole, the kind of things that we saw going on within the household. It was just, and the monogram, she's just kind of like stuck out to me because I was like, we're seeing these like little things about the dynamics of this family. And then we see like who has monogram sheets at 17 years old, but like his family did that for him apparently. But like, and then we see this like very mature well, Ma, Ma, uh, she's not, M- mom's not being so mature. She's kind of being like, you know, reliving her youth, but like this mm-hmm. very like mature kind of, um, you know, happy hour with, you yeah. know, her son, <laughs> they're like drinking whiskey and shit. It was just like so bizarre. And like, well, he was like, drinking whiskey. She was drinking wine. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, there was like well, a what she said to him. Mary before. What yeah. she said to him, um, Rena was just like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was, well, here, here's the thing. Like there was a lot of weird things about that. The whole (laughs) dynamic was strange. The, the fact that they were drinking together, it made me think like, is mom part of the problem too? I think that whole family is just fucked up. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting that she, I think mom misunderstands Maddie. Um, I thought it was interesting that she thought that Maddie would get pregnant to trap. I was going to bring, because yes. that's what she did. She was protesting. Yes. 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 However, was, Maddie's said, not the one you to do, do don't that. Marry someone to, you meet in high school. Yeah. Like, the whole yeah. thing was her just being like, don't do what I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But also like totally misjudging Maddie too, because I actually think Cassie's the one who's more likely to do that. If I, I like, I wrote this, I was like, I I'm, I'm team Maddie now. Yeah. Everything she know? said about Maddie was just, she was very cavalier about him choking Maddie too. Like just yes. also very like, like girlish, like um, it's almost that reversion to youth where she, it felt very catty to me, the way she was talking about Maddie. Um, felt very like you know teenage cattiness um I thought it was really fucking bizarre that she was um saying such poor things about her older son to her younger son like oh yeah he's he really is an idiot isn't he I'm sorry I'm laughing like I'm like who does that like yeah do parents do that drunk drunk people drunk people and she's (laughs) having like a cathartic moment she was you know everything with with uh, with Nate's dad. I mean, and, we and have her. to give her the benefit of the doubt because her husband just told her, yeah, that he like, was fucking men and women. Yeah. And, and the way that the way that she uh, kind of approached the Nate's whole darkness too. I'm like, that was like that was just, I don't know. It was a fascinating conversation to watch yeah. the two of them. Because was it was too. it was solidifying to Nate to know that he is the problem yep it yeah. it was him right it's All not just yeah did you see his face when 
she says you're an angry guy and then he says I was angry at dad that's very different than you know being angry yeah it was focused yeah and his face is almost like as if he didn't know that he affects all these other people in his life he thinks that it was only towards Cal right classic narcissist yeah I have something to say about Nate later on but I'll wait I do too Nicole I'm I'm uh this was an interesting episode. Yeah, so. she also, um, I can't remember her name, the mom. She also, I just Marcia, her mom. Marcia. Marcia. She is like, when she was talking about Maddie and like choked, she, um, like the whole situation at the fair or whatever, when Maddie calls her a cunt, she goes, and Nate was saying that he was, that Cassie was Maddie's best friend. That's who he's been sleeping with. She goes, who's, who's the, the cunt, cunt now? now? What does that mean? <laughs> I thought this how, how is Maddie the cunt? What? <laughs> I thought the same thing. The cast is the cunt. Let's be real. Right. Drunk people. Yeah. Um, where she are also we now? calls uh, Nate out for like choking Maddie. Yep. And then gets very like, when he's like, I didn't choke her, the charges are dropped. She gets super defensive and kind of plays it off as a joke because she's terrified of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, she is so scared of Nate. Yeah. So I have a question about that conversation. I mean, there, there, towards the end of the conversation, obviously she's talking about the dark side of Nate that happened around the age of eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I can't say that I remember this much about the first season, but like, do we have an inclination up to this point of what could have happened around eight or nine? Yeah, he, wa- he, he, he was found a disc. snooping. Found a disc. He found a disc. Okay, that's what yeah. I wanted to ask the question. Was that the time that he he started to realize what his dad was doing? Yes. Yeah. That was when he went dark. Okay. Yeah. I so, actually, I was re-watching some of season one um, a couple of days ago. And there's that part when he finds the discs and he's young and he's he watches it he puts them back in and then cal goes in and sits on his bed and talks to him and he says all this stuff about like don't let anyone in like you've got to be there for yourself and like big man like you know you're strong and all this stuff and then it shifts into that scene of him like you know using the weights as a kid and oh right "Ah." yeah yeah I think that's where that shift happened that with Cal, okay. like passing on his toxic masculinity. Yeah. To his yeah. Son, yeah. Like I think friend. it brings up that interesting old question of nature versus nurture. Yep. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of, that's the conversation, like that's the direction I was feeling. That's where I went with yeah. that, com- that conversation between them. And um, you know, it's always interesting to talk about what, what nature versus nurture is and what that means in Nate's situation. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting that that was that was kind of what it was alluding to, and just the yeah. way that the his mom was just remembering him as like the angel, and like you would always say, "I love you," and you'd bring me, you know, like I see that like in my son, he's uh, he's gonna be three, and I'm like, please don't turn into a monster, <laughs> like, <laughs> please. Me and my wife, we're gonna do everything possible to make sure you not you, you stay that sweet little boy that he is right now. Best laid plans. Yeah. yeah. Um, Next is that little scene with Cassie and the corkscrew. <laughs> oh, that was that was with uh, Lexi coming <laughs> in the I'm kitchen. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't mean to laugh. Like and suicide Sue's is like, not funny see? at all. But like <laughs> yeah. a fucking corkscrew, Cassie. Like yeah, and Sue's oh, like yeah, I told like, you, Susan, Alexi. Like, not with a corkscrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Cassie has her like full on meltdown. Lexi's defending Fez. Yeah. Oh god. And her telling her that she didn't fucking trust her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I, just when did Fez say it? When Fez was like reveling in how he beat up Nate. <laughs> like, you know what you should put in your play? When I That's beat Nate Jacob's that. ass. <laughs> Fez is just, he's so simple, but he's so profound when he talks about Fez. things. I love it so much. You know? Oh, I and love it. Yeah, the there's con- so much simplicity. There and, is, yeah. 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 And like, yeah. and he, him and Cassie bring so much to each other. Like, yeah. I, I, I love them. Like, they're my favorite uh, couple right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get ready because the future. I is- know, Rena. Like, it's been running yeah. through my head. I'm like, they're, they're, they're um, preparing let's, us. Let's talk about let's talk about predictions after. Um, yeah. because I've got a few. Um, so Maddie. Yeah. The the oh. scene seeing Maddie, you know, um, when Rue was like, she wasn't just you know, mad. She's fucking depressed and heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Like that broke my heart because I mean, all of these themes been through it all. Mm-hmm. We've all been through it all. That's like when she's sitting there talking to her boss and her boss is telling her like the story. Yeah. I'm listening that to her boss. I'm like, shit, that was me. Like, yeah. shit. So funny <laughs> like, is I think that Maddie is Nicole. <laughs> I yeah. see a lot of Nicole and Maddie, Maddie and Nicole on this panel. So, especially, <laughs> See that? especially when she, they were talking about how good it feels to fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is totally something that I can hear Nicole say. Like, sometimes it just feels really good to just throw a bitch down. Like, I, I, I identify with her the most. As I, far as like loyalty goes, like I identify with Maddie. Like, yeah, because yeah, Maddie absolutely. was betrayed by like the two like biggest people in her life, like her support system, like the boy she loved and her like closest best friend. And they betrayed her with each other. Yep. But I don't want to I don't want to just dumb that down to just like the fight part, Nicole, in, uh, in just so you understand. It's also Maddie's wisdom, too, that I see a lot of with you. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, the confidence but that maddie has and like I, I, the love that I, she has for herself like how she she even said like um like cassie's blowing up nate's phone and maddie hasn't called nate at all like, yeah. like, and, I, still when you, and like, bruce fucking, says like, that's what made nate more nervous yeah, yeah. but i i want to talk about the pool scene in yeah. more yeah, yeah, detail yeah, yeah, because i think her boss is like almost what's, like what's her name jamie towards maddie Huh? Boss, what's her boss's name? Samantha. Samantha. Okay, so so Samantha is basically, uh, for me, this part was like super important because she's Samantha is giving Maddie like a different perspective, like like a glimpse into the future almost. Like your yeah. teen yeah. years are really fucked up, and it does get better. Your, your friends are gonna do really fucked up shit to you, and then you grow up, and because Maddie's got this like. She has this idea in her head that she's not worthy of normal, like, love. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that the dialogue between her and Samantha was really important because Samantha is giving her a little more insight from a woman's perspective saying, sure, I used to be like you and it's not always going to be like this, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which I thought was incredibly awesome dialogue between the both of them so it's exactly what maddie needed just like just like rude needed to have that phone call with ali this yeah. conversation with samantha mm-hmm. in the pool is exactly what maddie needed at this point in her it was also right a little weird i mean like i didn't babysit so really i don't know but like how often does that happen where you babysit uh, that happens to me. like let's get drunk and go for a swim <laughs> that, that happened to me <laughs> many that's times. what i'm asking because yeah. i didn't babysit and so. i used to babysit like, a lot <laughs> Um, I'm just excited to get more Minka Kelly because I love her. Yeah, it was it wasn't yeah. a it wasn't get getting drunk. It was definitely smoking pot and then chilling afterwards. So, huh. um, but I feel like Samantha like is Maddie or like yeah. was Maddie, yeah, yeah. and she kind of. I mean, we don't hear about Maddie's parents at all, but it was almost like being like her mother figure also, mm-hmm. which can even go like Maddie always is wearing her clothes. Like she like yeah. looks up to Samantha oh, yeah. and like yeah. wants her life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how do I get this life now? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Who do I need to love? <laughs> um, but what was interesting is that Samantha's character in that moment identified with Cassie. Yeah. Too, by yeah. saying I was Cassie and that's why I think it was a, a different perspective because it's like sure Cassie did something really fucked up however she's really young and you're gonna make a lot of fucking dumb mistakes when you're young and you're gonna hurt a yeah. lot of, of people that you care about and like mm-hmm. the two to- like two of the most toxic people in your life are now gone you know, so like there's a silver lining for you, Maddie, you know, as much as it hurts right now, at least those two fucks are out of your life, like for not completely out of her life and stuff, but it, it could definitely, I, I feel like Maddie is, is stronger with what she just went through after having that conversation with Samantha. I mean, she she's certainly yeah. better off without Nate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, everyone's better, better off without me. Cassie, yes, like, yes, what, does yes. that say, what does that say about Cassie too? That she would do that to her best friend and then hide behind a technicality. You know, I I know what it says about Cassie as a character, but in 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 Maddie's eyes of, of her being her friend, you know, like, who hasn't done that? I know. I'm just gonna say, don't be who so hasn't hard done on that? Cassie. No, but I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I told I'm you, I'm Team either. Maddie now. So I'm looking at things. <laughs> at what's in Maddie's best interests? I don't give a shit about Cassie anymore. She's she's in Club Nate right now. So I'm worried about what is going to yeah, be. Yeah, but that best makes me Maddie. worried about Cassie. Right. Cassie is with Nate now. Mm-hmm. Like my notes just say, "Poor yeah. Cassie, what are you doing?" Yeah. Yeah. Got to learn the hard way sometimes. You know? No, this is not. This is not healthy. It's not like very a, dangerous. But she's very doing healthy. it to herself, which is the hard thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. people are trying to like show her. Like, this isn't good. Like, what you're doing isn't good. And you're throwing away everything for it. Yeah. But she's still she's still going for it. She still has that, like, unruly obsession and she desire. Hasn't, she needs to she hit... Ro- she hasn't hit him. And she hasn't hit her rock bottom with, with Nate and her... The way she is. Yeah. Like, you know, once she does... Danielle, what do you think? Hopefully. I think yeah, I'm hopefully. just... I'm nervous for whatever that rock bottom is going to be because yeah. he scares me yeah um so hopefully it's not yeah this episode just kind of showed <laughs> Nate will do anything yeah yeah um so 
is Faye jealous? Yeah. You mean like the part when they're on the couch and Faye walks past? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I kind of saw that. Fucking ashtray, get off your goddamn cell phone. I was like, why? And don't that. go to the bathroom. He literally yeah. gets up to pee for like two seconds. And this is everything. Yeah. I don't know. Like, we, we, when Faye's outside talking to her dude, like, I, I, I kind of, I got like a little bit of vibes. Like she was trying to like be protect Fez, but That's then by the end of that conversation, I was like, uh, Faye, are yeah. you? Yeah. She goes into the bathroom and like uh, the golden light, and she it just kind of like pans her face, and then she closes it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what he's gonna do in this. Yeah, there's questionable things happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she's gonna make us proud no. which the yeah. first time i watched it i didn't fully understand and like connect with their conversation outside the second time i was like oh no yeah i do love the, like just the way I'm that not cooperating talks. but she's i like, am helping are you cooperating? <laughs> oh God, that was so funny <laughs> technically <laughs> i'm not so they were together all those technicalities no, yeah. right they're just rampant with these kids <laughs> um all right so the I believe the next scene is uh yep. is Nate and Matt. Oh my god. Yo. Dude. Intense. So, so I mean wrote this... in all caps traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean I, I wrote in caps. <laughs> Nate has a gun. That's <laughs> what I wrote in caps. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, that's all I needed to see. I mean, that happened earlier when he pulled the drawer out. Yes. was so interesting that his dad wrote him a post-it note that said, you know, welcome to being the man of the house or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as he opened up that case and there was the gun in there, I was like, Nate has a gun. And I was like, oh, fuck. And now here we are in this moment. And and then what he says to Maddie, he's like, I humiliated you. Like just, I know you'll never uh, forgive me for this. Yeah. Well, can we just have a moment where we talk about number one, all the fucking mirrors in her room, mm-hmm. and not not just in the sense of you know the fact that there's a lot of mirrors in her room and that's it, right. but the fact that number one, what you and I talked, what we talked about earlier, Nicole, about her being very vain, but also I think there's a very interesting visual aspect to having all of those mirrors in the room and what those mirrors represent in this moment. And additionally, I mean, it's, I don't really know how to place it in my mind as to what it meant, but it was very apparent to me that every, did everybody see that yellow sign on the side of her on the wall that just said, smile, you're on camera. Yes. In this moment of like, utter like shock and what the fuck is happening and we have this like this little yellow sign there I don't know like what did you guys take from that like that was I don't know what that meant I don't know I I kind of thought that it was interesting because like he has a gun and he's like in her space and usually like when you see that kind of thing it's I think of it being something to deter people from like robbing, yeah. right? Like smile yeah. at the camera, like don't do anything crazy. But also, so- but also he's there to get a recording. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, there's that too. I mean, obviously it wasn't, a. it was very like purposely they, played. Yeah, that. and very vague in, yeah. in its interpretation for us. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, it was very blatantly placed. Yeah. yeah um but 
I mean, the scene was extremely difficult to watch. I mean, because of my own trauma with domestic violence, but, you know, I also thought of other people who have been in situations where, you know, they, they felt threatened, you know, with a, with a gun, um, uh, by a man. Um, and I, it's actually the first thing that, that I thought of, uh, but this was, um, um, really i had a visceral um experience watching this mm -hmm. um and it's like even at the end when they were talking about it i think it was sam levinson he said like imagine like having the person you love like hold a gun to you but then imagine they are holding it above like to themselves yeah. above yeah. you and it's just like you're completely out of control of everything in that situation that could happen. Like you just and want to think about like was the like, worst thing that could possibly happen to you. And, and then he was like, like, I was just joking. Oh my God. Yeah. Tried, I really like has the audacity just, oh to apologize. Oh my God. Yeah. In what world? And like in what act, world can you apologize after doing that? And just act like yeah. it's not a big deal, like what you just did to this poor girl like just being so flippant about it and just being no like, oh, idea oh. how he affects people mm -hmm. yeah. so i was like in a similar situation to this i did nicole was kind of alluding to this because she wasn't sure i was going to bring it up but um i was in a situation where i had a gun pulled on me what's really odd about this whole scenario is that not only was i in a situation where a gun was pulled on me by someone that i knew um this person was also someone who in the moment in in my past experience was someone who made fun of me a lot in school um and in the moment i felt like there was something special about me that i went home with him um and then also he pulled a gun on me um and then he also was waving it around like it was no big deal like you think i'm really going to hurt you with this like you're crazy this is just a joke it's not even loaded so there's a lot of relatable um sadly relatable moments um in in that whole scene for me um luckily obviously i everything is fine um it ended okay um this person also tried to apologize to me later in life and you like you're saying ryan how do you apologize for something like that you can't i just i just want to say that i showed up on his doorstep the night that it happened <laughs> <laughs> nicole tried to be a hero <laughs> as per usual yes um but like you know for someone you know we talk about this a lot like people think you know this show they have questions about the authenticity of the show things have happened in the show that have happened to all of us one of us some of us um mm -hmm. so you know that's one way for us to to share that that all here um but you're what you're saying chris about like and and what sam levinson said too was like so real in that moment i think where it's like it's one thing to have a gun to your own head it's another thing to, it takes it to a whole nother horrendous level when that gun is being pointed at the head of someone you love right in front of you. Um, it's, it, it's, I don't even have any words for what I felt in that moment. I'm sure we all felt the same thing, but um, 
that's it's just wild. It, it's yeah. not something that you expected to see or expected to take yeah. place. Like I firmly thought in that moment that he was going to be threatening her the entire time, but then to turn the gun on himself and to be that manipulative in that moment showed me how completely, absolutely deranged this person is. And um, then, and then, what does he do next? Like I my, mean. I, I'm, I was like exhausted after that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then like this, the next thing with Jules happens. And I'm like, yes. Oh God, Jesus. And man, this is cool. where I have to say that Nate is a sadistic fuck. Sadistic. I'm well aware people. Uh-huh. I got it. However, I do think. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do think he's um, becoming more self-aware of the piece of shit that he is yeah yeah i'll give you that that's a Um, great point without being repentant about it yeah um but just like perhaps that's what the mirrors signified or symbolize him finally looking at himself in the mirror and saying i'm a fucking piece of shit Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna fucking run with this shit Mm -hmm. right and i'm gonna run with it so so that's that's what I got out of the the end of this episode when he was like, "You should have seen what I had to do to get it." Like he was you know, laughing she, about it after she like... after she said, "Are you becoming a good person?" And mm-hmm. he says, "No, no, not at all." Yeah, uh, you should have seen what I had to do to get it with um, a smirk and then yeah, smirk. and like laughing about it. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that. While Nate is sadistic, I do think that he's becoming self-aware that he is sadistic and he is not a good person. No, Which, I, uh, I felt the same. I felt the kind same of a way turning point. I it, it, so. it, it definitely there. I felt like there was some growth with him as a character. Um, Whoa, we got I know. this. I know. <laughs> this is where I was at, Nicole. Where I'm watching it. I'm like, Sam Levinson, what the fuck did you just do? Like you just, I just witnessed like one of the, like, oh, what happened to Maddie was gut-wrenching. And I'm just like, I was getting angry, like watching it. And then you have resolution to like one of the big things I fucking hated about Nate is what he did to Jules Mm -hmm. and the way that he sort of made amends directly towards Jules for what, what he did to her in a way. I was like, wow, like, just the, the the balancing act that they did with with him as a character was it was impressive and it, I Nicole, it was I really, weird too though it it, it was like, like he's it, a weird guy you know like yeah fucking weird weird it was, it was guy. a well written scene and like I I don't know I don't know if I felt especially after what we just saw with Maddie like I just don't know because that scene does humanize him for sure, which is like the first time that's happened for me with him in this show. I just don't know if it totally felt earned to me, oh, especially I, after like what we just saw him do. And and, and that's what this show like, does. Like, I still hate well, no, me, but I like, don't, I don't, think I appreciate the growth to, that we had right there. I know? just, I don't think it's supposed to humanize him to a, to a point where you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's yeah. got some potential on him. I think it was just to like, to really showcase that he's finally uh, recognizing how much of a piece of shit he is. And like you know? he's accepting and his lot in life he's too. Accepting yeah. how much he's like hurting people and how he's just going to continue doing it to get what he wants. And that's why, like, and that feeds into him 
being willing willing to settle for Natty uh, for, for for Cassie. You know, because like you know what? He's clearly I, settling. Like I it's not always from the beginning wanted him with Jules from mm-hmm. the beginning, did and I think yes, I did, and I think that he's with Cassie because he can't be with Jules because she will not have him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She will good. never have him. I got vibes. Good like on Jules. So. Yeah. yeah, good on Jules. Like, also, I really want him to just get pulled over for drinking in the car. Like. <laughs> get a fucking DUI. Like, and so he does. Careless. Um, he does the thing where he opens it with his teeth, and anytime I see someone do that, I just it pains me. Just like, like when I read someone write, writing like, dog D A W G. Fucking kills me, dude. <laughs> no, but like out of that scene too, like I was like my concern is for Jules. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that Jules got that closure for herself while also getting the 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 video mm-hmm. that, that Cal took. So that's in her possession and nobody else has access to it. She doesn't have to be worried about it at all. Like I needed that. Um, and at the end he says it was all. I'm going to misquote it. He was like, it was all, like, everything I said was true. Yes. And, and I meant same. everything I said. And she she said same. Yeah. yeah like, Jules handled all that perfectly. Like, she even brought a box cutter because she's like, I was like, I missed the part where she grabbed it the first time, but the second time I saw it, I was like, ah. Good girl. <laughs> um, um, so... I did have one other thing with that scene. Please, yes. Of course. Just, um... Like, cause I, when I first watched it, I, I don't know, I guess I like, wasn't fully paying a lot of attention, but, um, I like had the whole thought like, oh, it's like a little bit of a redemption, um, for Nate. But then I also was thinking about it, like in between the Maddie scene and the jewel scene, there's a spot where they have him holding the model of like a house. Yeah. And I think it's Rue narrating. And she says about how like Nate wasn't, uh, he didn't care about what happened to Cal at all. He just cared what happened to his business because it would end up being Nate's business. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it kind of is this like in-between thing when he gives Jules the the tape because it's like, it's better that Jules has it and knows that that happened and it's in her possession that no one else is gonna see this. But I think it's also kind of, for Nate too, like yeah. for like the family business. Okay, it says, like it's never gonna get out because I'm gonna give it to Jules. Right. Because oh, yeah. it even says uh, like business can't be run by a pedophile or the son of a pedophile. Yeah. So it's like kind of selfish in a way, but then I guess also kind of redeeming because of the fact that he gives it to Jules instead of just destroying it and letting Jules never know. Oh, right. that's a good take. That is a good take. Because he didn't yeah. need to tell her. Yeah. No. But yeah, I don't know. So it's also it's also for himself. It's yeah, completely yeah. like self-driven. Yeah, that then even like, like I did something like, good. Look at right? me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, was it? I don't know. I also think when I first saw it that I wondered if it even needed to be done because now Jules knows that that happened, and you see her watch the video and have that kind of like. I felt sick like for Jules when when that all happened. You see her face when he tells her that she was being filmed in the first place. And she has that like moment of like, oh my God, like I was filmed and I didn't even know it. 
but now yeah. she has it. So it's like, he could have just gotten rid of the tape and she would have never known. He could have, you're right. You know? I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that is interesting. He didn't have to give that to her. I mean, yeah. maybe he, he felt like that was his peace offering for Jules mm-hmm. too. No, he just wanted to see her. He, he wanted just to wanted see her. to see her and he, he wanted to feel some fucking self-fucking you know, I mean, accomplishment. And it was a way for him too, because like he's saying that he was doing that. He was doing that for his dad. And it's a way for him to sort of, I guess, cut the emotional ties that he would still have with his dad if there's any at all. Like, yeah, he was saying he, you know? he was doing it to protect someone that yeah. didn't deserve protecting. Originally, but when, when Jules asked him why she was ge- why he was giving it to her, he was like, the answer is really simple and not worth even explaining. So mm. we're still the, left one. The answer is really simple and stupid. Stupid. Yeah. And not yeah. even worth mentioning. Right. So it kind of it kind of leaves that still hanging as to what was his real reason for giving probably because I think he just yeah. wanted to see you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's one, one. Yeah, that's one take. Yeah. It could because be that would that would be the most simplest an- that that would be the simplest answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agree that I think he I think he's really Jules is the person that he wants to be with. Absolutely. You know? So maybe. Now I'm thinking maybe it could be like in his mind, I, I told you about this. So I did I this opened like a door. thing, right? And it, and it does like open that door of like, oh, maybe Jules will see me differently now. He needs to slam happen. that in his fucking face. Yes. <laughs> Stay away from him, Jules. Right. <laughs> and I mean, look, Nate's got to do a lot fucking more than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Drink a little bit more. <laughs> All right, so we um we hear "Quiet the Winter Harbor" by Mazzy Star. So good, so good, and extremely heartbreaking. That song's always been a favorite, and uh, and Sue's look uh, when Cassie leaves, um, I. I broke. That was my break. That was mm-hmm. my real breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like uh, I'm because um, a mother or a parent or even someone who just loves someone and who is like losing someone to something they like cannot control and they they know it's bad for them and like this person is just not responding and like not listening and then just like them walking out on you and there's like nothing you can fucking do because cassie's 18 yeah you can't do anything so like is nate cassie's drug yeah yeah, yeah. cassie's addiction yeah yeah i wrote cassie's hopeless like the yeah. instant he called everything was like yep okay it came it's, together it's not me. okay it's not yeah. cassie and they said, said love you to each other and mm-hmm. Cassie's Even like, I, said it first. Cassie's like, I just blew up my entire life for you. I yeah. ruined, yeah. I but ruined but let's life. take a step back and the look of concern on Marsha's face. Mm-hmm. Like, here's this sweet girl, and I'm and she's she's gonna be lost to my very fucking demented son. And my mm-hmm. son is doing what me and his father did too, you know, like yeah, that that's the, the 
the path that they're going down. So like history is repeating itself again. It's almost again. like Nate is doing what Marsha did because yeah. Marsha was like very vindictive towards Cal's friend. I can't remember what his name was. Derek. Derek. Yeah, she was like very vindictive. Like everything felt like very calculated against him. Like she could almost tell what was going on and she didn't want that to happen. Yeah. And now Nate is almost doing the same thing unintentionally and now intentionally. Uh, So we have, we, we end the episode um, at, at the sort of the dinner table Mm -hmm. and we're, we're talking about hope, you know, and, and Ali says the hope is what Rue has to find, Um, which is, which is a, a journey for all addicts. Um, a lot of us just fucking die, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, but there's always that fucking five percent. <laughs> um, but I think that the when I was talking about in the last episode about tough love, um you know, it, it just, it doesn't have to be like the tough love that I experienced. It could just be, you know, setting boundaries, you know, and, mm-hmm. and letting the addict who is in your care know what's, what's okay and what's not okay. And again, with, with Ali allowing, you know, them to, to be angry and, you know, and, and her mom just being like, she, she needs all, I think she needs all the support she can get but Ali was like yeah sure support but like set some boundaries yeah. it's okay mm-hmm. to be angry so yeah I wrote down like Rue clearly like wants to get clean this time especially I feel like her meltdown and everything in the episode before this kind of made her realize and everything with uh, the drug lord and everything kind of made her realize like I can't keep doing this like I need to get better but like Gia has her doubts, but she's allowed to like after everything that just happened in the last like week over the last two episodes that it kind of like took place of like, of course, she's going to have her doubts. And then without what I Ali said, it's basically like she can't rely on other people to have hope for herself to get better. She needs to be her own hope to get better because otherwise like anyone can hope for something of someone but they need to believe it themselves to actually make the changes and make a difference in their own lives because like we talked about in in last week's episode like you can lead someone somewhere but like you can't fucking make them yeah mm-hmm. I think the, you can... the, the crutch that she was using in season one of jewels jewels you know yeah. like we saw how far that got her so it i definitely agree it definitely like has to come from through herself you know and i also think that that she was even questioning whether that was really rock bottom for her mm-hmm. like there was that question at the table like is this your rock bottom rue and she kind of danced a little bit yeah. i think so... her mom answers it right and her mom answered yeah, instead for her. Of, yeah instead of her answering her mom answered for her yeah. yeah so i think that question as to whether it's really rock bottom for her is still exists well, let's talk about rock bottoms, you know, um, or the trap door, <laughs> you know, sometime, yeah, there's always a lower place. <laughs> yeah. But the lower place doesn't always mean like you're fucking stuck in a drug den. No, sometimes, sometimes it's just a fucking feeling. 
mm-hmm. you know, sure. uh, or, which I think is like Fez dying. Well, no, I'm talking about the self. <laughs> No, but I think for everyone it's I think for everyone it's that it's that feeling it's, because it's, everybody gets to a yeah. different a different place and everybody has different things that they can handle but I think it's those it's those feelings that yeah you it's just it's can't. not just like the things that are like happening yeah it's like it's the feeling of this is fucking it dude like you look around and you're just like what the fuck like I think my my rock bottom was actually in recovery when I was fucking surrounded by over 20 women. You know, I Mm. was like, I have fucking ended up in this fucking place. And then the realization that knowing how much farther can I go with this? So the realization too, that it's like, Oh, everybody didn't do this to me. I did this to myself. Mm. because that's you know, the important that's an important yeah. one because look how much rue was just blaming like everybody yep. but herself and and then like nicole i we talked about it last week too like i i remember blaming everybody for the trouble that i would get into when i was drinking yeah i got drugs. dealt a raw hand and then it wasn't until like i'm laying in like fucking jail for an entire summer trying to go to bed and with the room with 20 other fucking dudes fucking storing their asses off there i'm like oh i did this to me (laughs) that's why i'm this isn't my parents fault this isn't my family's fault this isn't the it's not the police's fault it's not the judge's fault it's fucking which which is which is part of the spiritual awakening yeah you know and then you're just Uh, like fuck i think that kind of even goes that could be even put towards all the other characters who don't go to addicts because it's like Someone well, can do something to you and that they're not making you feel a certain way. You're making yourself feel that way. Like the person may have done something shitty, but you don't have to react that about, way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I it's mean, all... and Jamie always says that everyone can benefit from a 12-step program. Like even <laughs> people who are not addicts, you know, because people have a hard time taking accountability. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so yeah and everyone can benefit from some fucking therapy we we forgot to talk about that uh when marcia was like your dad didn't believe in therapy yes oh oh yeah well i meant to bring that up at the part of like eight and nine when we were talking about that dark period where i was wondering if we were getting like a um a hint of some trauma yes that would have been a good moment for a young child to go into therapy i have another theory that's probably very far off i feel like nate is a reason why there isn't a third child i i I said that i said that on the third episode what do you mean by that like nate was I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. he killed his yeah. younger brother. Yeah. Maybe he's a reason why the younger brother isn't there, why they don't talk about him anymore. Because yeah. even the episode where Cal leaves, he says, like, we're not all perfect people. Like, we all have our issues and things like that. And, and he also says we all have our secrets when he takes yeah. the, the photo down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which also, going back to that, Marsha even says when he was saying about how he's been cheating, like the older brother like reacted much differently than Nate. So she knows that Nate knew. Yeah. 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 
So you guys want to talk about the trailer for next week? Oh, wait, hold wait, on. One more. What about- wait, I have one more no. thing. Yeah, me too. Sorry, sorry, you, go, you go first. You go first. <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to do after what I want to talk about. Maybe. Um, when Gia goes into bed with her, Rue says, I don't know anything. I feel like I don't know anything about you anymore. And Gia goes, oh, I'll let you know when you get back. It's oh, her setting right. boundaries, I but also that. I forgot about the moose. It's her giving an incentive to for Rue to like go and get better and then come back. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like Rue would have used it as a reason to not scene. go. Yeah. Yeah. What? Her mom it, trying to get her into rehab. Yes. Oh, yep. Very yeah. last. Yeah. That's yeah, what that's, was I was crying about. Yeah. That's <sighs> I was crying about that too. I want that's that that's that's what I wanted to bring up because yeah, I mean, bring it up. But it doesn't. She doesn't have to go to rehab to, to to get better. Like, I mean, but maybe she does because we all need different things. So it was it was heartbreaking, um, you know, hearing Leslie trying so desperately to, you know, because I, I remember, you know, I mean, there was a time when like they just thought that heroin addicts were a waste of a bed in rehab. So mm -hmm. I mean, things have changed a lot uh, over the years with the rise of uh, of opiates. Um, but like. I don't know. I mean, I went to rehab and it, it, it didn't take. <laughs> and uh, the last time I kicked, I was just uh, in my mom's basement. But then I was in a, a partial hospital program, like a PHP program for, ooh, I don't know, months, months and months. So I did I did have some help besides, you know, nothing. So everybody, everybody needs different things. I've seen rehab work for people. I've seen rehab not work for people. But she does have a strong support system. Yeah. Her mm -hmm. mom's trying to get her in somewhere and it does seem like she at the very least has the desire to get clean which is yeah. the most important thing you know yeah but i just i'm i know we all we're all rooting for her <laughs> so, it's so hard but just like the despair in her voice like you oh. just hear it and then yeah well, it was like, heartbreaking oh my God. Yeah. from from personal experience uh and working with with clients um I worked at a facility where they were all rich kids. Um, you know, their their parents had lots of money and they had really good insurance. Um, the system is extremely broken. It is. Uh, trying to mm -hmm. get someone into a rehab facility is extremely hard. It's like, if you don't have the right insurance, you're beat. Uh -huh. um and yeah, also I, I never realized until last summer how expensive it is it is like it's i like knew you, oh, you it would cost live? a lot of money and... but it's like like mm -hmm. four weeks is like forty thousand dollars at some yeah. places Oof. at some places yeah unless you go to like the bottom of the barrel i mean mm -hmm. just and the the dust i just it just felt very familiar to me uh the conversation her mom was having on the phone um and it just i think that sam levinson was trying to drive home two things and one of them is the system fucking sucks yeah. For, yeah. for for drug addicts mm -hmm. and number two i think he was trying to drive home the fact that this might be a silver lining um rue not going into rehab because she's done rehab it's her happy place this is a place where she feels like kind of comfortable. She wants to be in a hospital. She wants to be surrounded by, by people birds. taking care of her. Um, perhaps like this is a silver lining, her not being able to get in and get a bed because she's going to have to find a harder way to do it because there is no easier, softer way. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I just and she even said like, that it didn't work the first time mm-hmm. exactly so it's like her mom like her mom is trying everything she she can to like to to get her in there w- without it like tunnel vision because she's know, terrified this, yes. yeah yeah this and, is and, the only way yeah what what a sad terrible position for her mother to be in because we what we have seen right now is that her mother is exhausted and not really sure that she can do this yes you no know? like the the position to be in not not just as like a character for his mom but any mother any parent in this situation who needs help for and their it's child like, please take her i can't I get help do this her. yeah yeah and that was just what was really heartbreaking for me to see her begging with the knowledge, knowing that she clearly is at the end of her rope and she's not sure that she is going to be able to save her child. Good mm-hmm. point, Rena. Good point. I feel like also the water glass in the beginning, like Danielle brought up, could also be herself kind of getting to that breaking point of like yeah. overflowing yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's too this much. Was, this yeah. was a really good conversation. Great yeah. Guys. Yeah. Some, I just have one other thing um, yeah, at the very end it's like the last thing that she says on the phone um, trying to get Rue into rehab is my daughter is going to kill herself mm-hmm. and it it's like kind of weighing on me that like this ha- this is coming up more often throughout the episodes I feel like this season more than last season she used to say it like um like, uh, I think the very first episode is her saying like, oh, I struggled through, you know, being born. And then now she's mm-hmm. here and she doesn't really want to be here now that her dad's gone. So it's like, she alludes to it, but now the words are being outwardly said. Yeah. And then her mom saying it at the end, like crying like that is just so heartbreaking. And it's just, it's brought up so much more now that I'm like worried about that. So she said she said in the beginning too. She's like, I've been trying so hard to to leave this place. Yeah. Back on as um, long as I yeah. The Ali, like the special episode when they're in the diner and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like she flat out says it. She's like, ah, I'm I'm not I don't plan I don't plan on being here for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in the car, she says, you know, I was a month away from killing killing myself. Yeah. So it's just it's like coming up more often now, I feel like. All right, trailer. I cannot, I cannot wait for Lexi's play. I can't either. I'm so excited to watch this play. (laughs) Oh my God. The little bits that we got from the trailer just had me rolling. Like Maddie, Maddie's like, is that supposed to be us? us? (laughs) (laughs) And and watching Cassie walk into school with Nate dressed like Uh, Maddie. Yes. Like and the everything. empty chair yes that's leading up to fez uh, what's gonna happen don't say but what i'm uh. thinking of what i'm thinking is fez isn't gonna die he's gonna get fucking arrested yeah that's the yeah. other yeah uh, that's the other thing like it may not be as like you know yeah. a, a, that much of an ending for fez but yeah that, the consequences are there regardless yeah. something's happening we're not getting all of this Fexy shit for nothing. Like, Fexy? That's their, that's a, all right. Oh, no. All right, <laughs> really had to go ahead and do that. Yeah, <laughs> Let's Fexy. just call them Les. <laughs> Les. Oh, I like Les better. I like Les better. <laughs> My point 
is that we're not getting all of this, these tender moments for nothing mm -hmm. building up to, there's no other reason to make us feel as much as we're feeling because we're meant to feel some loss. I feel like. I agree. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yep. there, it's Some, like the something people... is going to be taken away from us. Yes. Yeah. And I, you got in my head last week, Rita. I'm not ready. With, with Fez. <laughs> and it's like, oh, all like I, I see about. it. Yeah. Like, oh, they're laying, they're, they're sitting on the couch. They're having a moment. They're watching Stand By Me. They're, they're bonding and they're building this relationship that's going to be so important to Lexi. And like, and they hold hands. Yeah. So innocent little babies. Like, Fez keeps dropping knowledge bombs on her and stuff. And like, oh, man. And those moments where it's like him leaning back on the couch and kind of like lolling his head and looking at her. Yeah. Like, she's he just so like sweet. loves her. And she's like never experienced it before. Yeah. Like, no one's ever given her so much like attention. Yeah. <sighs> yeah like, when he's like talking to her and asking her questions, he's like actually listening. He's mm -hmm. not just like waiting for like, yeah, it's like she's... the first episode. She's like, no one's ever wanted to know about me. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna hurt, guys. Oh, is, is I'm Lexi. Genuine, <laughs> genuine characters. <sighs> oh, I love all right. Them. Maybe well, Faye will come through. I don't think she will, but nope. <laughs> nope. Does Does anyone have anything to plug? Ryan, Danielle, you're both very amazing artists do you have anything to plug uh, um i don't really do anything right now <laughs> i'm in a lull it's the winter ryan just takes commissions <laughs> true yeah we both take commissions um if you follow me on instagram i'll be posting go. the sniffs up soon i make awesome. nose people art <laughs> yes <Nice. laughs> I have one on my wall. Yeah. I do whenever I can. <laughs> um, but I will be, uh, we will be putting up, um, you know, everyone in, everyone's Instagram links. So, you know, you've got something media. in mind you want. Yeah, that'll be it. Go right there. But uh, does anybody have anything else to say? No? Just you have to plug your music and your artists. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, we do. Right. You guys got so, the credits at the end. So uh, everybody do uh, have the credits. Campy and PJ yeah. Bottoms. There we go. And also Ray Ray Beats. And Ray Ray Beats. You can Ray, find Ray, Ray Ray Beats Stampy Goblin. on YouTube, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can find Stampy Goblin on Instagram. It's a G O B L Y N, not I N. So, all right, we're done. Adios. Out, everybody. Bye, guys. Hit those likes Bye. and sub buttons, and we will see everybody next week. Later. <laughs>